Thank you, Rob. Uh, we all know that he is loved and appreciated here. After service today, um, I, I have about a three-hour message, and then after, just kidding. Um, uh, we'll be done on time, but right after service in the lobby, we're gonna, we have some, uh, some cookies, kind of a reception to honor Pastor Rob. There's also an opportunity to, uh, there's some cards out there, because many of you have some words and, and, and some different things to just remind Rob what he's meant to you and your family. I would encourage you to take two minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes, grab a card and just say, thank you, Rob, for all you've done. Uh, my family is different today because uh, you have served God well. Um, would you take a time to do that after service? It'll all be in the lobby. Um, just hang out a little bit. Uh, give Pastor Rob a, a high five, a hug, whatever is appropriate in that moment. But uh, thank you, Rob. We do appreciate you. We're going to shift uh, right now. And again, like I said, it won't be long. We're going to uh, shift from talking about the shepherd of our church to the shepherd. See that transition? How that worked? Yeah. Um, made that up just five minutes ago. Um, we're going to, we're, this summer we're walking through Psalm 23, and uh, I have the, the opportunity and the privilege of, of kind of hitting the next section of Psalm 23. This is a powerful and incredible psalm that uh, I would encourage all of you to memorize, to take time to digest and think through, um, because there's so much rich information here, which is why we're taking all summer kind of to walk slowly through Psalm 23. Let me ask you this question as we get started. What, what are the things in your life that you take pride in? The things in your life. What are some things that you're like, you know, I'm pretty proud of that. And not in a bad way. Let's not talk about the bad pride. But like, maybe it's your car or, or, or a truck. Any truck people? I'm a truck guy. And like, you take pride in some of those things. Or you take pride in the way you dress. Like, I am, I'm fashion sense. You can tell by not at all. Um, it, maybe it's the way you dress, uh, or maybe because it's Father's Day, and we've already talked about it in the jokes, um, in, or in, I mean in Danny's questions, um, your yard, your lawn. How, how many of you are proud lawn dads? Anyone? Um, yeah, there's a few. It's kind of getting less and less. I, uh, I did ministry, and I met my wife who was raised in a little town called Linden, Washington, up north, if you know where that is. Linden is kind of known for these perfect lawns. Um, like it, there was once a law on the books that said you had to keep your lawn this way, otherwise they would come and do it and pay, you'd pay for it. Like they took pride in their lawns. My father-in-law has a lawn that looks like a golf green. And my favorite thing is to take off my shoes and walk barefoot in his lawn and my feet sing. Like, ah, it's great. Um, it, things we take pride in. M- maybe uh, uh, if you're a dad, maybe you look like this on the lawnmower. Um, yeah, that's right. That, I realized yesterday I was mowing my lawn with my uh, my. Cargo shorts and Romeos, like, yeah, I, I'm it, here I am. Uh, we take pride in a lot of stuff. Maybe it's your social media and all the likes that you get. I like, I like getting likes, right? It helps define me. Um, uh, all of these things that we take pride in and, and that we're proud of, but often we think it's these things that define us, don't we? We think it's our stuff in our house, in our yard, our lawn. What, what defines me? What's, what's my reputation? How do I look? Um, it, all these things, maybe it's your position at work or all of these things that, yeah, this is what really defines who I am. In Psalm 23 today, we are going to look deeper at what David is challenging us here as he wrote this. And here's a little hint, it has nothing to do with your reputation. Nothing. It has nothing to do with your reputation. It has everything to do with the reputation of your father, of your shepherd. That's where it's at. Our main, my main point is this. The sheep reflect the reputation of the shepherd. The sheep, we reflect the reputation of the shepherd. If you have your Bible open to Psalm 23, I'm gonna read three verses before I do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you 
for your word. May we hide it in our hearts. May we memorize it, that we would follow you in a closer way. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Let let me read it to you. Three three verses, and we're going to stop at where we're going to hit today. It's this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And here's where we're going to land today. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Here is my problem, and maybe it's yours. Often we read this last part like this. He guides me along the right paths for my reputation and my namesake. No, you guys would never do that. But often we go through life like it's all about us. That it's God leads me. God lead me so I can have a better fill in the blank. Lead me so I can do better at... That is not what David is saying. For us to really understand the shepherding moment here, we need to understand sheep and shepherd relationship. And I talked about it last time I spoke, but there's this book I love to read when I'm studying Psalm 23. It's by Philip Keller. It's, uh, he's a shepherd, an actual shepherd. You and I aren't, but he's an actual shepherd writing about his relationship with the sheep and how it corresponds with Psalm 23. There's actually, I, I bought several copies, and if you were honestly want to read it, I have some at the Connection Center. Love that. It's Cheap book, about four bucks, but if you want one, they're at the Connection Center. He talks about sheep, and he says, here's a problem when we're all about our reputation. Because sheep, are, there's no other livestock, he says, that depends so completely on the shepherd. Left on their own, the sheep tend towards destruction, tend towards mess, and, and they just are messy if they're not trimmed. If their wool is not trimmed, it will grow to a point where they can't move anymore. They need the shepherd. They, they, by habit, will take the same paths over and over and over and eventually get stuck on those paths because they refuse to leave them. They need help. They will eat in one field, even though there's a good one just a ways away, until there's nothing left and actually die in that field sometimes because that's all they see. Left on their own. Uh, they, they will drink from one water source, the same one that they defecate in. <laughs> They poop and pee in the same one that they drink in. Like on their own, sheep are messy. Sound like anyone else we know? Because we're the sheep in here, aren't we? Like I love you. But we on our own are left towards destruction. When we are fighting for what we want, we go the wrong way. The Bible tells us this in Isaiah 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So if we are like sheep and left on our own, fighting for our own, always tend towards destruction, the elephant in the room question is this. If the reputation of the shepherd is connected to the condition of his sheep, why would he choose us? Why would he choose you and I? Why would he choose me? Because on my own, I don't do the right thing often. Why would he choose us? Maybe he likes, God just likes a big challenge. That's why he picked you and me. Listen, it's not about our reputation, it's about his. He is so good of a shepherd, he will call you and guide you out of that. Because that's how good he is. Dads, can I talk to you for a moment? Sometimes, dads, we get hard on ourselves, and it is so hard because we make a lot of mistakes. God looks at you and says, I choose you. Let's keep going. 
The Bible tells us in in Ephesians that we are God's masterpiece that he's created. God chose you in your mess because he sees greatness in you. That's how good our shepherd is. It is not about you and I. It is about him. And that is what we need to do and what we see. And he guides us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. We need to learn to take our reputation and the focus off of ourselves and turn that focus to Christ. We need to turn that focus to Jesus Christ. We have to learn to follow the shepherd. That is our role. Our role is not to make a name for us. Our role is to make a name for him. That is what David's saying here. If you have your Bible, flip to Luke 14. We're going to be uh, just two points that I want to point out today. But let me read this to you. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. I don't like that line. Right, let's let's uh, leave that right there. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. This is a scripture that, that I read and it challenges me every single time. Get, get the picture. Jesus is walking down, the, down the, uh, the path and these people are following him for whatever reason. Maybe they just want to see all the cool stuff he's doing. Maybe they need a touch or a blessing. And he stops and turns around and says, hey, listen, if you don't hate everything else by comparison, you can't be my disciple. If you don't pick up your cross daily, you can't follow me. That is some harsh words, isn't it? For us to understand what Jesus is saying there, we need a radical paradigm shift in how we go through life, how we operate, what we think about. A paradigm shift is this, a fundamental change in our approach to life. I, Adam Fox, needs a paradigm shift for the way I do life. I need it to be radically shifted. What are the areas that we need? What is Paul saying here? What is David saying in Psalm 23? Like I said, I want to give you two things, two places that we need the most radical paradigm shift of all. Number one is this. We need to shift from loving me most to loving God most. We need to get ourselves out of the center. Luke, uh, Jesus, Luke writes Jesus' words and he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Listen, uh, there's some scriptures in here that I don't think are politically correct and that's one of them. I think we should just rip that page out of there because that's not a nice way to say it. I mean, sometimes we need to modernize Jesus' teaching or at least like, like this is offensive, right? No. This, Jesus is saying this on, on, on purpose. Like we don't need to edit Jesus' words. We need to hear it the hard way sometimes, don't we? We need to get ourselves off of this. He's he's not telling us to hate other people. Because in context, remember, Jesus says, what is the greatest commandment? Love God and love, love others. Love your neighbor, love your spouse, love your family. He's not telling you to hate your family. He's saying, your love for me must be so great that everything else is pale in comparison. That Jesus is on the center of everything in me. My decisions, my thoughts, the way I drive, how I go to work, how I treat my family. Jesus has to be centered. See, on our own, we're left to destruction. On our own, our priorities in life often look like this. Number one, me. Number two, me. Number three, me. Left on our own, that's the focus. All I see is the person in the mirror. It's all about me. 
I want, I want all of these things because it's about me. What Jesus is saying is this is a radical paradigm shift. I want you to turn it upside down. He said, this needs to be your priority. Number one, Jesus. Number two, Jesus. Number three, Jesus. You say, what about family? Listen to me. When you love Jesus this way, you will have the authority and ability in your life to love your family the way Jesus wants you to. To love your neighbor, to love your coworker, that person you work with that's driving you crazy. If you want to learn to love them well, love Jesus this way. This changes everything. This love must be selfless. We need to love as Jesus loved. He says, take up your cross daily. Die to yourself daily. And that's one of the hardest things to do, isn't it? To get myself off the throne of my life. Dads, your family needs to see you love Jesus this way. I know you're not perfect. I'm not either. None of us are. But we need to love Jesus this way. We need to love Jesus this much. We need to shift from loving me most to loving God most. And secondly, and I'm going to only give you two today. There's a lot to process, and this isn't always the fun stuff. Number two is this. We need to shift from my will to his will. Not what I want, God, but what you want. See, often we go through life like this. Jesus, I invite you into my life to come with me on my journey. Follow me on all the journeys that I'm going to be on, and and when I need you, I'll turn around and we'll we'll take care of this, but I'm going to go. Jesus didn't die to follow you. He died for you to follow him. He died so you will lay your life down and say, Jesus, it's all about you. And let me tell you something. That is the most fulfilling way to live life. When you live only for yourself, it is empty and will always lead to destruction. The heart is deceitful above all else. The world tells you, follow your heart. That is garbage. My heart will lead me the wrong ways. I have to love Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This is what it's about. And Jesus was our example here. In in the garden, before he went to the cross, he knew what was coming. And he prayed this prayer, Father, God, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. He was sweating drops of blood for you and for me. And then he said these words, and underline it, highlight it, memorize it. He says, yet, God, I want your will to be done, not mine. I die to my will. That is where we need to live if we are going to make his name famous. It is that simple. It is that difficult. Jesus, I give you everything. There's a cost to this. I belong to you. No matter what you ask, here I am. Use me, I'm willing. God, here I am. When I I was a kid, I I grew up in a home that that loved Jesus, and my grandma uh, was very musical, and she uh, had this recording of me before I can remember, and I'm singing this song, and every time I was in the car with grandma, she'd play this song. (laughs) And I'm like, Grandma, stop it. But the song simply went like this. My heart belongs to you, Lord. My heart belongs to you. My eyes belong to you. My ears belong. And the song goes on. You know, it's a kid's song. And she played it for me like all of the time. I'm like, Grandma, you can can stop already. But I'll never forget it. Because what my grandma was instilling on me is that you don't belong to you. You belong to Jesus. That we need to die to ourselves. I was riding in the truck with my, my son just the other day, and we were just having a talk about life. I don't know about you, but, but some, some of my, my best moments of parenting and discussions are in the vehicle driving somewhere because you kind of have them, they're stuck there, they can't get out, like, let's, let's have a talk. And, and, I, and I turned to my son and, and, and said, son, 
if the only thing you learn from your dad is that we will love and follow Jesus no matter what the cost. I've done my job. We will follow Jesus no matter what the cost. We will die to ourselves. And if we believe that our God and our shepherd is that good, we can lay our lives down because you know he's, the good shepherd is going to take care of you. Remember, we've already read, I have all that I need. I lack nothing. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my Remember? This is what this is about. This is what our shepherd does. But we need to die to ourselves. I need to ask you this question, and I need you to take a moment, and I need you to self-reflect. I need you to look inside and ask this question to yourself. What order are your priorities in life? What, are your, what is the order? If you were going to be honest, like just between you and Jesus, I'm not asking you to write it down. I'm not asking you to come tell me. I'm not asking you to tell your neighbor or your spouse. Answer honestly. What order are your priorities in? Who do you love most? Now, I'm not saying this to guilt anybody into anything. I'm just saying that sometimes we need to shift our priorities, don't we? And we say, Jesus, whatever it takes, I need to put you there. I need to love you most. And secondly, whose will do you live for? What do you spend the most time thinking about? Look at your calendar. Look at your your bank account. I'll tell you. Don't tell me that. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. Where are your priorities? Following Jesus is the best life ever because my good shepherd can do more for me than I can on my own. He died for me. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to close with a story and and a quote that has wrecked my life, has changed my life, and is like just burnt on my head. Maybe you've heard this quote before. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you it. It's, it's a quote by a missionary. His name's Jim Elliott. As soon as I say that, some of you may know. Jim Elliott uh, uh, was a missionary following Jesus, and he said, Jesus, wherever, whatever, I'm yours. And he and uh, uh, three other missionaries uh, decided, uh, heard God say, calling him to a tribe in Ecuador, and this was a very dangerous tribe. Nobody visited this tribe and, and left alive. But God told him to go. And he and his buddies, you may have seen the, the movies and the story. They, they landed on a beach. They started to, to get connection with the tribe. One, two, three, I don't know how many times. And one fateful day, they did land and they were ambushed and all four missionaries were killed. Jim Elliot lost his life. Martyr for Jesus. What's great about the story is Great and heartbreaking is sometime later his wife went back to that tribe and by the grace of God had an open door to share Jesus with him. I couldn't do it. And here's where the quote comes in because Jim was asked before he went in there, he said, they said, Jim, why, why would you do this? Why, why, would, why would you risk your life for this? And Jim said this quote that has marked me forever. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. When we talk about dying to self and taking up our cross daily, it's saying, I'm dying to myself and all the things I'm fighting for because he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
Jesus, it is all about you. It is all for you. I die to myself. Rearrange my priorities. Rearrange the order of how I love things. And may you be first on my heart. That is where a church, church, that's where we need to live. But there's nothing more free, more, more freeing and, 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 and exciting about saying, Jesus, I'm yours. Because I believe my God will take care of it. That is what I think David is writing in Psalm 23 when it says, he leads me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Who do you live for? Who are you living for? Where are your priorities? God, I want to live completely abandoned to you. I know no greater way. My heart belongs to you. My eyes belong to you. My ears belong to you. I'm yours. I want to give that as a challenge to some of you today. Those who will listen, those watching online in the chapel and here. Will you obey the call of God? And he calls you, says, follow me. Follow me. Maybe you're here, you're watching and you don't know this Jesus. We talked about the garden a minute ago. And Jesus knew what was coming. It was the cross. It was pain. It was torture. He did that on the cross for you. He did that on the cross because he loves you. He saw you in your mess and said, I love him enough to die for him. Listen to me. If you don't know this Jesus, he loves you. He died for you. And he wants great things for you. All you have to do is say, I surrender. I believe. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray with me. But everybody else in this room, I want to challenge you with this one thing. Will you follow Jesus no matter what the cost? Will you rearrange the priority and say, Jesus, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm going to say a prayer and I want to challenge you to let the shepherd be most important in your life. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray. Lord, forgive us for following our own paths. God, forgive us for making our own priorities. We confess right now as your people, we need help. God, some in this room are stuck, are empty, are hurting, finding no answers. I pray that today would be a day that eyes are turned to you, the shepherd who guides, who is good, who provides, who breathes life. God, rescue us. For anybody right now who does not yet know you, I pray we would pray this prayer together. Jesus, forgive me for my own ways. I follow you today. I believe you are good. Jesus, if anyone prayed that prayer, may they understand. They're in your care and your keep. And you're rescuing them from the stuck mess that we find ourselves in.
God, for everybody else in this room. I pray your spirit would move and you would challenge us to rearrange priorities no matter what that looks like. Thank you, Jesus, for truth. Thank you, Jesus, for rescue. We will follow you along the path of righteousness for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite the prayer team down. And I wanna challenge you before you leave. If you need to do some work with Jesus, if, if, you need, if you need somebody to just walk alongside you and pray for you with whatever's going on in your life. Maybe you need healing. Maybe your family just needs Jesus. These folks down here, they're, they're not perfect either. <laughs> they're just willing to pray with you. I wanna invite you down to pray with this prayer team. If you need to talk to somebody, we'll be down here for a little bit. Before you leave, will you just grab your connection card or do it online and say, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow. All you're doing is telling us that, hey, I'm, I'm in and we're gonna pray with you. That's it. We're not gonna send you stuff. I just wanna pray with you and say, hey, this is the church that says we're all in. We're gonna follow. We know we love you. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. I want you to think about these words and let the word of God change you. Come and pray. If you need to go, you're free to go. Don't forget to stop in our lobby. Say, write a card to, to Rob. Thank him for all, everything that God has done in him uh, and through him in you. We love you. We believe in you. Have an awesome day. Come down and pray. You're free to go. God bless.